Hi, well, um, mess. I am quite a messy person. You've probably noticed that about me. You should come to my office. Simon, uh, I share an office with Simon, and he's a bit, he likes tidiness and order. It must absolutely uh, be agony for him to share an office with me because there's stuff stacked everywhere and they're falling over, and it's a bit of a mess, and that's kind of what I'm like. I don't like living like that all the time. I have to have a clear out. Um, but do you, do you ever get to the stage where you, the stuff around you is just so messy you don't know where to begin? Do you ever have that? Is it just me? No, it's you as well. I think sometimes like when you decorate, isn't decorating awful? It's not just the decorating that's awful, it's living with the mess, isn't it? Especially the kitchen or the bathroom. You know, you, you can kind of exist with a mess in the living room for a while, but if it's in the kitchen, it's just awful. And you've got to address the mess, haven't you? It's just, ugh. So, and uh, he was talking about, Simon was talking about looking in the mirror this morning. Um, that's something I dread when I get up, looking in the mirror. Usually my hair's everywhere. And I, I, somebody said to me, and I, because we dressed the stage, and I thought, perhaps I should have been a bit more disheveled. And they said, well, you could ruck up your hair. I'm too vain. So I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. But um, we all live with kind of messes. And when I was uh, visiting my family at Christmas, we were talking about our family mess. <coughs> we have um, uh, quite a lot in my family, in, in, especially on my dad's side, strangely enough. Don't know much about my mum's side, but my dad's side, we've got suicides. We've got, we've got an Uncle Albert I met at a funeral when I was about 50. Never even heard of him before. He was the black sheep of the family. Um, apparently, he ran off with his boss's wife, and, and nobody spoke of him again. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, and he's not the worst one. But I'll tell you a bit about Albert. <laughs> it was quite a surprise, you know, at, at 50, 60, finding out you have an uncle. Um, and he seemed a very nice man, and he was there with this lady who was a dog breeder from Lincolnshire, uh, his wife. Um, apparently, he had quite a few wives over the, the, the years, um, and that wasn't his last. The last I heard, he'd left her. And he married all these ladies, but I only found out um, the other day on Wednesday that he never divorced any of them. So, <laughs> here you go. That's just one of my um, family. I, w I won't bore you with the rest, but see me after if you've got a few hours. So, there you go. So I think mess is what brings us together. Some of you might have messy family lives. Uh, uh, you might have messy homes. You might have messy work. I don't know. But whether you're Christian or you're not a Christian, uh, we've all got this in common, that there are messes in our lives. We hit messes along the, the way. And I think we've all thought, at one time or another, my life is a mess. Uh, is it just me? I don't know. In my teenage years, they were, you know, my life is a mess, I must sort it out. And, you know, even now. The lens through which we see the truth of our mess um, can be either life-changing, because we've all got messes, or it can lead to a messy and endless cycle of blame, shame, hurt, and unforgiveness. But our aim, hopefully, is when we're in messes and we see a mess in ourselves, that we want it to be life-changing rather than life-threatening. We all recognize things like this, a mess in our work, our relationships, maybe our habits. 
maybe mess as parents, as singles, as pensioners, being a physical, emotional or spiritual mess, maybe a financial mess. For many of us, our parents were messes. Their parents were messes. And your children's parents were messes. And maybe your children are messes. Regardless of our differences, we share this common ground. We've all got messes in life to deal with. The good news is, I think, it's not just me. It's not just you. Everyone has messes in their lives. And uh, you might be fortunate enough to be thinking, well, I'm fine at the moment. No messes in my life. But you've had them in the past, I'm sure, and there may be one on the horizon that you may see coming or you may not see coming. As I said before, the lens that we see our messes through can be life-changing. The mess can be the lens that helps us to see God. We all have experienced messes in our lives. This is why we should not be tempted to criticise the mess in other people's lives. Instead of criticising each other, we should stand beside each other like those people in the story of Nehemiah. I know it's so easy to look at others and judge, but the reality is that none of us is perfect. When I wrote this line, it reminded me of an old film called Some Like It Hot. So I'm going to show you a little clip in a minute of Some Like It Hot. A bit of background um, information. It's a film with Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. And they witnessed the Valentine Day Massacre. So they've witnessed a horrific crime. And so they need to get out of town before they're caught by the bad guys. They are in a mess. So they disguise themselves, as you would, as women. (laughs) And they they use the names Josephine and Daphne. And uh, they join an all-female band because they know that this band is going out of town on a train and they've got a gig in Florida so they can escape. And Marilyn Monroe is part of the band. Tony Curtis, Josephine, falls in love with Marilyn Monroe. Bit awkward, because she thinks he's a lady. Um, but Jack Lemon, he is pursued by a millionaire. And their situation is a total mess. And I'm just going to show you the end of the film, Roland. Go back to where the millionaires are. The sweet end of the lollipop, not the coleslaw in the face, the old socks and the squeezed out tube of toothpaste. That's right, pour it on. Talk to me out of it. I called Mama. She was so happy she cried. She wants you to have her wedding gown. It's white lace. Yeah, that's good. I can't get married in your mother's dress. <laughs> she and I... We are not built the same way. We can have it altered. Yeah, no, you don't. I'm good. I'm good on level with you. We can't get married at all. Why not? Well, in the first place, I'm not a natural blonde. Doesn't matter. I smoke. I smoke all the time. I don't care. But I have a terrible past. For three years now, I've been living with a saxophone player. I forgive you. I can never have children. We can adopt some. But you don't understand. I'm good. Uh, I'm a man. Well, nobody's perfect. How true those words are. 
we can all identify faults in others, can't we? But in the words of Joey Brown, who played that character, nobody's perfect. The people around you are probably navigating their own messes that you are completely unaware of. But how can you really understand why they do or say what they say and do unless you know the mess that they're facing? We should be careful before we become judgmental or critical. We don't know about each other's messes and we should understand each other better if we did. But we don't want to talk about them, do we? I've talked about my Uncle Albert, well, I haven't talked to you about the others that I will talk to you about afterwards in private. We don't want to advertise the fact of our messes. Instead of criticizing each other, we should stand beside each other. We should look in the mirror before we judge. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, um, Jesus talks about this kind of thing. It's a, a, an account of Jesus' life. And this is what he says to the people. You hypocrites, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It's so easy, isn't it, to look at other people and criticize. Jesus says, remove the plank from your own eye. And it's, uh, it makes so much sense, doesn't it? It's a really good metaphor. If we have a great chunk of wood in our eye, we can't see very well, can we? It's bad enough. Have you ever had a speck of dust in your eye? No. Yes, you've had a speck of dust in your eye. It's really difficult. Your eyes start to stream. You can't see properly, and that's all you're conscious of, is what's in your own eye. So he talks about having a great chunk of wood. Our view of others is distorted by our own mess. And we're only supposed to deal with our own mess. Sometimes when we feel bad about ourselves, seeing the faults in somebody else makes us feel better about ourselves. Do you realize that quite often, the things that we identify that we really don't like in other people are usually the things that we don't like in ourselves. But it's so much easier seeing that in somebody else and criticizing it rather than dealing with it in ourselves. But we mustn't get drawn into the easy work of criticism. Instead of criticizing each other, we should stand beside each other. The reality is that the one person that we have the power to change is ourselves. We don't have the power to change other people. And sometimes, to change ourselves, the only way we can do that is with the strength that God can give us. We also often need others to help us through our messes. When we're really in a mess, we need others standing beside us, fighting for us and with us. We need each other. It's rare for people to be able to clean up their messes by themselves. So like when you've been decorating the kitchen, it's so much more helpful, isn't it, if somebody else joins in the work with you of trying to clear it up, standing beside you, even if it's just moral support. <coughs> Imagine if we, the church, got this right, and instead of criticising, we stand beside others. The Bible tells us quite clearly that we are all the same. I'm going to read to you from Romans, a letter that was written to the church at Rome. And I'm going to read you from chapter 13, beginning at verse 19. It's coming up on the screen, thank you. 
Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's a translation called uh, The Message, and this is how the writer of The Message puts it. We are all in the same sinking boat. Basically, all of us, whether insiders or outsiders, start out in identical conditions, which is to say that we all start out as sinners. Scripture leaves no doubt about it. They've all we've all taken the wrong turn. They've all wandered down blind alleys. No one's living right. I can't find a single one. And it's clear enough, isn't it, that we're sinners, every one of us, in the same sinking boat with everybody else. It's a nice way of putting it, I think. Very cheerful at the beginning of a new year. <coughs> but I think instead of criticising each other, we should stand beside each other. Then it can draw us closer to God. This realisation that we are all in the same sinking boat can draw us closer to others and closer to God. This realisation of imperfection enables us to realise that there is such a thing as perfection. It kind of shines a light on the fact when we realise our messes that we only recognise it's a mess because we realise what an unmess would look like. I'm going to read these scriptures again. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. So the law, in this case, was the Old Testament law, which kind of told everybody how they should live their lives, how they should um, live as a community as well, not just as individuals, but it, it kind of uh, laid out a, a super community where everybody was cared for. But just because they knew the law, it didn't help them to be perfect. In fact, it just highlighted their imperfections. Because he goes on to say, therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. In other words, when we see the perfection of how life should be lived, and we all kind of have an ideal of how life should be lived, how family life should be. We shouldn't have Uncle Albert, should we, really? You know, we, we, sh we should have perfect, lovely family lives. I, um, I don't know, do you suffer from round robins at Christmas time? You know what I'm talking about? These letters that people send you about their wonderful family, that all the amazing exams their children have passed and the perfect holidays that they've had. I find them very depressing, actually, because <laughs> my life's not like that. I don't think theirs is either, because I, I think my round robin would have to be a little bit more honest. I tell them about the bad stuff as well as the good. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law, rather the law... With, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. For we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The next slide, please. All have sinned. We've all got imperfections. God's grace-filled, non-judgmental solution to the human mess took people by surprise. It was Jesus. And it took Paul, an ex-Pharisee, to explain it to them. We're all in the same boat. Grace... It's like a free pass. It's like if you um, 
park on a double yellow line, you get fined, somebody comes along and pays your fine for you. That's what grace is. You don't deserve it. But grace, the grace of God is like that. Yes, we mess up, but if we're prepared to admit the mess, then we can and we will be forgiven. And we can start again. The messiness in, in our world and in our lives is a lens through which we can see God. Because God reveals himself in and through the mess if we look for him in it. The reality is that often when we are in the mess, we find it difficult to see God in there. We find it difficult to sing some of the songs that we sing this morning. I love that song, The Lighthouse, because it's in our strugglings and in our pain, God shines out like a lighthouse. So often when we're going through the mess, we're not looking up at the light, we're looking down at the waves roaring around us. What we need to do, I think, is to make sure that when we're in a reasonably unmessy place, we really develop our relationship with God so that we can see him through the mess, so that we train ourselves to look at the lighthouse when everything's crashing around us. Now, we all say nobody's perfect, but that acknowledges that there is such a thing as perfect. So what does perfect look like? If we look around at each other, what a motley crew. None of us are perfect, are we? Some of us might think others of us are perfect, but actually, if you scratch beneath the surface, none of us are. And none of us would say we are, would we? Really? But we know that perfect example of Jesus. He was the one and only perfect one. We all have that theory or a law or a morality from where this perfect originates. For Christians, it's God. Christians, it's Jesus. We recognize a mess when we see one because we have a reference point of God, his purity, his holiness. We have a reference point of Jesus because of the way he showed us how to live life. Our awareness of our messes make us aware we are accountable to somebody and that someone is God. We all fall short. We're all accountable to the person or the standard we believe sets the standard. The law and our knowledge of it just reminds us that we are a mess rather than making us better. The law reminds us that we fall short. We all fall short. You're a mess. I'm a mess. We should be silent about other people's imperfections because we have our own. Instead of criticizing each other, we should stand beside each other. I'm going to read to you from a book now. Do you ever look around at the world and think, I wish I could change the world, it's a mess? Do you ever think that? You look at the news and you think the world is a mess. <clears throat> this is written by a Hasidic rabbi on his deathbed, or this is what he said, on his deathbed. When I was young, I set out to change the world. When I grew a little older, I perceived this was a bit too ambitious. So I set out to change my state. This too, I realized, was too ambitious, so I set out to change my town. When I realized I couldn't even do this, I tried to change my family. Now, as an old man, I know that I should have started by changing myself. If I'd started with myself, maybe then I would have succeeded in changing my family, the town, or even the state, and who knows, maybe even the world. We all have something in common, the mess. So, what are your imperfections? 
What does the law remind us of about ourselves? Once we acknowledge our message, our messes, we are just a baby step away from acknowledging God. I just want us to spend a couple of seconds just thinking about what our, our imperfections are and what God would like to change in us. Just close your eyes and think on that.